Hello everyone, Caroline Minx here, and today I have something a little different twice over for you. This conversation is with our brilliant sound designer, Tal Manier. So not only is this chat with someone who's bringing seen and not heard to life behind the microphone, but this is the first time we're getting the hearing perspective on working on the show. Tal is involved with so many podcasts, several of which I also work on, and they shared some fantastic insights about creating deafness in an audio medium. Tell the people who you are. Okay. Ooh, um, I am Tal Manier. I use they, them pronouns, and I'm doing the sound design for Seen and Not Heard. I also do a lot of other podcast stuff. Are you going to make me talk about all my shows, Caro? Or can we just, <laughs> can we just stick with, there's a lot of them. We can't, yeah. I mean, you can plug whatever you want to plug, but we can also just, if there is a podcast, Tal is probably involved. Let's just put it that way. Um. Um, let's see. The ones, the ones I make or like help produce are Sidequesting, Lighthearts, Someone Dies in This Elevator, and What Will Be Here. Wow, the captions did not like those names. Oh, the captions don't like anything. They don't like swearing. Say say a fuck word and watch what happens. I will say a fuck word. Oh, it, it, aw, it bleeped. Yeah. That's not fun. I know. Google. It's such a bummer. Google, let me swear. <laughs> Google thinks that deaf people are children. Um, Apparently. They don't want us to see the swear words. Um, Can you handle seeing the fuck word, Caro? Will will it be too much for your sensibility? I can handle the fuck word, <laughs> God, motherfucker. Anyway, um, I, I probably should put the explicit tag on Cena Not Heard. I never have, uh, just because I didn't think it was that explicit. But I say the fuck word every episode. There, yes, there, there are the occasional fucks given. I would say it happens. Um, anyway. Hi. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so, first of all, I just want to say one more time that you have saved my freaking bacon by coming on to the show. Um, for those who don't know, originally I had planned to do the sound design myself. Sound design is a thing that I do, and I am slowly getting better at it, but I was in over my head instantly working on this one. <laughs> I, did the, I did the design for the second, third, and fourth prologues you cleaned those up and then you did all of the first and then have done all the full episodes and uh yeah I I don't know what I was thinking uh thinking that I could just do it (laughs) because I mean you are a very ambitious person (laughs) (laughs) yeah we'll go with that we'll go with ambitious and not stupid but yeah I I I when I started trying to sound design and trying to figure out how to create the sound, I realized like, not only was it a little ambitious for me at where I was at sound design at the time, but I also I wanted to give hearing people the idea of what it sounds like in my ears and that's not, I don't have that perspective, so I actually needed a hearing person (laughs) to do the sound design and thank God for you. (laughs) Um, I would love just to hear, because you are the first hearing person I've actually talked to for these interviews. Um, Everyone else I've spoken to has been deaf or hard of hearing. And 
I'm curious, you as a hearing person coming in on a project like this, like what has what has your experience kind of been like? Oh, that's very broad. I mean, overall, it's been a really good experience. Like for one, just working with you is always enjoyable. But I feel like I've learned a lot about both just like sound design itself and also what the deaf experience is. Because yeah, I, I'm a hearing person. I don't think I mean, my memory is bad, so I'm going to say that up until um, I met people within podcasting, ironically enough, I didn't have any friends who were deaf or hard of hearing. Watch some friend from, like, high school listen to this and go, hey, you forgot about me. <laughs> but, like, I said my memory was bad. We're going to roll with it. Um, so I never really had exposure to just that whole side of things. I'm using things very broadly here. Um, so it's really nice to just learn about a bunch of different stuff. And it was always really fun. Oh, I see. I love that. I, that's the thing that I've, um, I try to emphasize in the show a little bit is like, there's really no downside to including everyone that you possibly can. And there's really no downside to like getting involved and, and, uh, learning about, you know, cultures, experiences, people who are different from you. There's not, there's really not a downside to that. Yeah. No, it reminds me of, um, the one 99% invisible episode about curb cuts, like literally just making a little ramp on a curb with something that didn't happen until a group of, I think they were like activists in Berkeley started just like fighting to get some goddamn curb cuts. And then they finally started putting them in. I think it was Berkeley. And then it sort of grew from there. And now like, I cannot imagine like crossing a street and not having a curb cut to just like, go down um because there's so many other benefits and no one had even like thought about doing that till the people who needed them people like on, on wheelchairs were like hey so i need to cross this street um and then they finally did and turns out you know people like me on roller skates or people with strollers or bikes or whatever there's like all of these benefits and i feel like it's the same thing like you're never gonna lose i don't know stuff in general like you're never gonna lose when you make a thing more accessible um i have very strong feelings about that (laughs) yeah no absolutely and that's the thing like i was i was talking about when you said curb cuts that reminded me i was talking about um ramps with somebody and i was like look i don't i don't use a wheelchair or a walker or anything but my hips like to fall out of the socket sometimes and sometimes that means stairs are hard so i like to take ramps when i can because i can kind of ease my way out so, yeah, it's <laughs> little things like that. Well, not little things, but you know what I mean. Like um, considering these things that we kind of take for granted, um, things like captions don't just benefit deaf people, don't just benefit, um, you know, people who have to keep the volume low. It's like, <laughs> it benefits people who are learning the language or who have attention uh, difficulties or, you know, any number of reasons why you might need that or um same with transcripts all of that um yeah there's no downside to including everyone to quote yeah. a line that i wrote uh, <laughs> like an absolute know. egomaniac <laughs> um so this is where i want to dive into the technical stuff because i have i worked with you on a number of things i have seen you do your sound design i have watched you work and it's incredible it's so cool 
And so I've gotten to be in on in on your process a little bit. But at the same time, a lot of what I'm seeing is like the first draft, second draft, end result kind of stuff. I don't really see the process of going through it necessarily, um, like when you're getting into the nitty gritty details. And I would love to know, I think particularly about designing when it's Bet's ears, that soundscape. Ooh, yeah, okay. Um, so we both know this, but I don't know if everyone um, <laughs> listening or reading this will. Um, but so I get the dialogue edit from you. And that's just kind of what I start. Um, when I'm doing my own stuff, the first thing I do is the dialogue edit anyway. So it just works out super well for me. Um, and then what I do next is usually the environment. I don't know why, but I feel like, actually, hang on, I do know why. The the action that goes on is going to be impacted by the environment. So I'm limited in my environments by, like, what what sounds I have, like, what, I don't know, restaurant ambience is lying around in my <laughs> SFX folder. Um, so I pull that in first, and then I do all the, like, action noises. Um, and then once I have the whole scene... Um, built so to speak and we want we want to hear it from Beth's perspective then there's this whole other like list of things that I do um on top of all of that oh it's so much uh, it's also a lot of it's like <laughs> finicky too because it's not like oh yes I I put this filter on then this filter and like double this track like um I start with the dialogue trying to get it um the right level of muffled and then I start with the background trying to get that to match it but the thing is it's not just like throwing on um like oh we'll cut these frequencies and we're done like the background is in some places actually like louder than it, you would have it by just throwing um throwing a fill I'm just gonna call it a filter even though like what I'm doing is just like cutting out frequencies we're just Yes, I know it's technically wrong. Don't at me. It's fine. Um, yeah, it's more than just throwing a filter. Uh, so, yeah, I would, um, in some cases, I would have three tracks of the same environmental, just like ambience, and I would apply the standard filter on one of them, slightly less of a filter on the second, and then no filter on the third, and I would have the third really, really quiet, but still, like, little sounds would come through, and then I would have... The middle one, that's the one that got the most adjustment. And then, like, the third one was just kind of the set it as is and adjust from there type deal. Um, and that was the environment. <laughs> um, for the dialogue, sometimes it was just smack it with the filter. Like, sometimes, for whatever reason, like, that would work. But everyone's voices sound different. They're all different pitches. Um, yeah. Also different volumes. Um, I remember when we, it was the first episode, it was Sean's voice is, like, unfilterable. His voice is, like, <laughs> so it good. defies filters. I love his voice. And one of the reasons that when, like, I, I said this during my Podtails chat, was one of the things that really stood out to me when he auditioned was that I didn't have to strain to understand him at all. I didn't, like, his voice comes through so loud and clear to me without even, like, any uh, hearing aids on or anything. And... I thought that was so funny that then it turned out that, like, wow, same for Bet, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I I actually had to um, in some places kind of dampen his voice a little more because I was losing the others. Um, <laughs> yeah, he has this like really clear kind of rumbling voice that oh, just kind of comes nice straight voice. through. It I know it kind it, it's it's so funny how different voices kind of react because I think it's important to know for a sound design it's not one size fits all really not <laughs> yeah and that's i i think people maybe think oh you just make it quieter and you do a little slappy do of a filter and it's like no 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 no. we have to go voice by voice on this sucker <laughs> yeah um and also when it, especially making quieter reminded me um a lot of the time the eq isn't just lowering frequencies sometimes it's increasing them like i have a I have a just an EQ filter saved that's my bet preset, and I, of course, I change it every time I use it, but it's like my starting place, and it's not, it's not like a upside down U, like it is, like when you um, put like a telephone filter on someone, it looks kind of like a U, because you're just cutting out kind of the extreme frequencies, I guess, um, but for, but for bets, it's actually like a like a u but very wide um like it's like it's stretching you because uh the very high and the very low ends um aren't cut at all actually and the low end is often increased so that those like super duper low ranges um they're actually louder than they normally are um which works out I, li- I like the effect. It, it's very rumbly. It works It works really, really well because, like, I can tell you myself, if I'm in a crowd and I don't have any kind of, like, assistive technology or anything, um, that is 100% what it sounds like to me. Even with, um, like, hearing amplifiers or something, um, I, I, it does, I mostly pick up on the low sounds and it just sounds like a rumble. And some voices can cut through. But I lose a lot of the, like, higher tones, or if they're there, then they just kind of sound like noise. They don't really sound like anything. Um, And I've told this story several times, but when you sent me the first pass of the restaurant scene, the first episode, I stopped and I just cried. Um, I was taking a walk, and I was on the sidewalk, and I was just immediately listening to it, and I just started, like, sobbing (laughs) because it... It just so perfectly captured what that sounds like. I was just like, oh, my God. And I've had several people say, oh, my God, that's what it sounds like for me. I can show people this now. I can play this for them and be like, no, this is what it sounds like. So this is why I can't understand you if you're not looking at me when you speak to me or something like that. And so I know that people have been using it as an example for folks in their life, which is just so – it's so nice because I feel like – we don't have a lot of those things to kind of pull from. Like I, I can't really think of anything else where I can just be like, Oh, this is what it sounds like for me and have people kind of understand. Um, I've never really been able, like there's, there's a comic book that kind of did a bit of that. It's um, the fraction run of um, Hawkeye where uh, Clint loses his hearing and they had a, an episode that was almost entirely ASL and whenever they had speech bubbles, you know, of course, but, the words were sometimes incorrect or there were just question marks where they couldn't understand. Oh, that's really cool. Oh, it's so cool. I'll send you, I'll send you some of it. It's awesome. Um, anyone who has not read that really should, it's a great run anyway. And those episodes are episodes. Jesus, those issues just (laughs) 
got to me. Um, but I like so I've kind of been able to use that as like, no, this is what it's like when people talk. I, I miss so much and I have to just sort of guess sometimes. But then um, that's not audio. So to have an audio example is it means so much to me. It's so exciting. Yeah, I, I remember um, back back before I did the first prologue, I think you sent me one or two YouTube videos that were I don't know if simulation is the right word, but I'm going to run with it. Like simulations of different degrees of hearing loss. Um, and it was like low, moderate, severe. Um, and I kind of used those as a baseline because it was a pretty good reference for like crowded areas because that's where they um, they filmed it in and then they like messed with the audio after. Um, and But then I poked around on YouTube for more. And there wasn't more. It was like that. That was that was it. There's. It's hard to find uh, sometimes these resources because <laughs> um, I think I think a lot of people are not thinking like surely a sound designer is going to need to know what it sounds like. <laughs> it's just like not so, for a podcast so that deaf people can. <laughs> It's very niche, <laughs> I'll admit. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, this is why I just want to, like, make more and more deaf shows, frankly. Just because then it can become less less niche, which would be very exciting. Yeah. I, I d don't tell Brad, but I had an idea. Um, and <laughs> Somewhere they've do already, already sensed a disturbance in the forest. They're, oh, God. They're, like, probably already adding me on Twitter. Take a nap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sign on after this. I'll be like, I didn't do anything, Brad. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I do have, like, ideas kind of in my mind of different ways to represent deafness and incorporate it into stories and things that I want. Like, I would like to do things that are not necessarily about deafness in the way that Seen and Not Heard is, but it's kind of incidental to the story. I want to do more of that for sure because I just I don't know I think it's cool yeah like things don't necessarily like I love the fact that this is a very deaf story but I also want to tell ones where it's like someone's deaf in it but it's not necessarily about that like because it, it turns out deaf people just exist in stories not about being deaf so yeah so I've heard funny how that, funny how that works. <laughs> But that's the thing, too, is, like, I want more deaf people to, like, be encouraged to go out for audios if, yes. if that's something they're interested in. Because I was nervous to get into it. <laughs> I think if I had not known uh, Cole and Cassie, like, before I'd ever put my voice to a mic, I don't know if I'd have done this. I don't know if I'd, like, be here right now doing this if I hadn't met and talked to them and been like, oh, okay, this is a thing that I can do. <laughs> Well, I, for one, am very glad you talked to them. I'm glad, too, because I wouldn't <laughs> know you if I didn't do it. What a, what a sad, towel-less world I would be in. Aww. Um, <laughs> what a sad, carolless world I would be in. Uh, this is just, this is the part of this interview where we just stop and just say nice things at each other, which is what we do pretty much every conversation. <laughs> it's just how it goes. This is why we make light hearts. We're actually like this in real life. It's true. <laughs> um, 
So kind of to loop back to a little bit of uh, more of like what you do, I do want to ask, um, because you do a lot of pretty complicated sound design. Um, like on side questing, you have things like sword fights and, and you know, I've, I've what you do for Light Hearts is a lot of um, mayhem, you know, and like kind of <laughs> ghosty mayhem and, and a lot of environmental kind of sounds. And I'm curious how working on Seen and Not Heard kind of compares and contrasts to other shows that you've done and like Ooh. what was easier what was more of a challenge yeah oh that's a really good question um it 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 compares to light hearts in the sense that a lot of it is like slice of life like there's no there's no sword fighting in seen <laughs> and not heard there's you know there's not dragons there's not some of the fantastical stuff that happens in side questing or other like fantasy shows um it's a lot of people just walking and talking so there's lots of footsteps and doors and like sitting down <laughs> and hugs um lots of hugs. which is similar <laughs> to Lighthearts in that there's a lot of footsteps and doors and sitting down and hugs um <laughs> I have a brand I'm sticking to it <laughs> <laughs> so many footsteps um but it's different in the sense that there's this whole other um, whole other aspect of deafness to it that is not present in all of the other shows I do. So it's um, it's important to me to get um, realistic sounds because sound is so important. Um, like I do a lot of my own foley for uh, for seen and not heard um, because a lot of it is fairly subtle sounds of like. <laughs> Sorry, I was just remembering the darts. <laughs> the darts. Yeah, like darts hitting a wall, but not the wall with the dartboard. Um, so I went on free sound, and I found myself, um, you know, just someone doing darts, like you normally do darts. But turns out no one had recorded darts just kind of clattering against a wall because someone was really bad at darts. So I went in my closet <laughs> with my little Zoom recorder, and I grabbed a couple things I thought might approximate a dart. One was a paintbrush, one was a marker, one I think was like a pen maybe. And I chucked him at the wall <laughs> for two minutes, <laughs> trying to find what sounded most to me like a dart clattering against a wall. Because mind you, I've I've played darts before, but we're talking like years ago. So I don't really remember what it sounds like exactly. <laughs> I'm also interested because slice of life soundscape versus like a fantasy soundscape like you do in uh side questing because like it's still real people in an actual environment but it is it tinged with anything differently when it's set in a fantasy setting versus if it's in our world oh i feel like it really is because if it's in our world it's way easier to tell if it's wrong if it's in a fantasy world it's all made up there are no rules um so you can get away with so much more because you can wave your hand and be like, it's fantasy. Um, <laughs> oh, do you mean me doing anything for Crossing Stars? <laughs> it's like, it's science <laughs> fiction. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, you can get away with so much more when you're not set in the world you live in because everyone's always listening to the to the world they live in. Like, you you know... You know when things sound wrong. You might not know when they sound right, but if something is off, 
Like, your ears could be like, excuse it's, me. It's like the, it's the pornography thing. You're like, look, I know it when I see it. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to define, but you know it when you see it. Yeah, I I a hundred percent agree with that because I I mean having just the other day uh, tormented myself trying to sa- find the sound of a fucking door. I just needed a door, man. I just needed a door that sounded like a door. But wait, like a front door or an an inside door? Yeah, like an inside, like a closet door. I could not. Find a door. Oh, I, every single one that I heard sounded wrong, and in a way that I couldn't, I couldn't be like, "Why this is wrong?" I just knew it wasn't right, and it was, uh, it's torture. I, I have like a minute recording of me opening and closing my bedroom door because I ran into that same <gasps> issue. So next time you need a door, just tell me, I'll send it to you. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm gonna take you up. Thank God for the uh, sound designers Discord because now I'm just gonna yeah. hop in and just mm-hmm. be like, "Someone throw a door at me, please." Yeah, it's it's like doors and footsteps are my least favorite thing. Um, footsteps, I I don't I like when they're in stuff. I just hate putting them in there myself because it's so particular. Because you have to think about what shoes someone's wearing, how much weight that person just either is or has on them, like how how fast they walk, how wide their their stride is. Um. And it's just all of these factors into a sound that most people just kind of process in the background. Like, it adds a lot, but all of that that work that goes in is, like, just kind of background processing. Um, And there's so many. Oh, there's so many. uh, Well, and it's funny because, like, with me, when I was originally planning on doing the sound design, I had a very different approach, and I was going to – it was going to be a lot – kind of more from Bet's point of view. Um, I think the way it worked out now makes a lot more sense. But originally it was going to be like, there were going to be sounds that just were not there. And my justification was going to be, well, Bet can't hear it. Like, if she can't hear the footsteps, we're not going to put them in. But then I was like, that's literally just going to sound so blank. Because, like, in my head it worked well. But then when I when I did a bit of it for some of the prologues, I was like, Oh, this is not working. Like, if you listen to the third prologue with the family at dinner, you know, Elaine gets up from the table and you don't hear the footsteps because <laughs> there aren't any. Um, and, like, no one has kind of come for me for that or come for you thinking you did that, but which, thank goodness, I will take full responsibility if anyone is like, where are the footsteps? Um, but <laughs> it was just not, it's just not a thing that I think about. And then, uh, but you do notice when they're not, there I think think especially in an audio medium you use things like footsteps and doors as a way of processing where people are in the space you can't see um exactly exactly because coming from theater that's like I rely so much on blocking and seeing people and then when you can't do that it's like uh, whoops (laughs) (laughs) yeah like I won't notice when there aren't footsteps but if I don't hear someone come in and I hear them speak, I'm going to be like, oh, oh, how long have they been here? Okay. Were um, you just there the whole time? Were you here the whole time? See, if people don't leave, I'll just forget that they were there. But if I don't hear someone come, yeah. like, whoa. It's like, <laughs> it's like someone just hiding in the corner in the shadows waiting for their cue, <laughs> like, hello. Which is hello. the funniest image to me, just emerging from the shadows. Um there was some TV show that did that, and they used it as a gag, and it was so funny. 
Um, and I can't remember what the show was, but I remember the character was, like, in the corner hiding in the shadows, and someone mentioned them, they come out of the shadows, they're like, ha ha ha, I'm here. And then they just said, sorry, I've always wanted to do that. And I just thought that was so funny, because now it's like every audio drama character you don't hear entered, you can just imagine them doing that. Yes, I mean, like, you don't need footsteps. People will roll with it. They'll be like, oh, they're here. Okay, great. But... Uh, I mean, this is why I, I put I put Fauna wearing socks in Crossing yes. Star. And I remember getting that, that message from Brad where they were just like, I love the word socks so much now. Because uh, <laughs> it, is, it is one of those things that, like, it's so interesting to me. And I'll actually, uh, I keep mentioning Crossing Stars even though it's not out yet and no one will know what I'm talking about. But it's just, I, I was listening to it recently to to check on some stuff. But there were a lot of layers that were added to that soundscape that were sounds that I do not think about, like little beeps and drips and tiny little sounds. And then when you did, um, to, to, I'm trying to remember what, um, oh my God, which which scene was it? There was something when I went, oh, didn't even think about it. I think it was in the um, in the ASL class in the first prologue. I think oh, it was, I, um, I added there a was, like, lot to that classroom. Yeah, there was some... I can't remember which sound it was exactly, but when I heard it on my headphones, I went, because I just, it was like something that I just never think about. Or Oh, it was the, um, it was the, the writing on the paper. Oh, the note, the post-it note. Yeah. Yeah, I recorded that. Yeah, I, I never, I never think about that because like when I write on paper, I don't, I can't hear it. Like it's not a sound that I can actually hear. So I just kind of like that one doesn't exist anymore. Uh, <laughs> oh. It's such a good sound, too. It is. It's very satisfying. But, yeah. Unless it's just being, like, piped directly into my ear holes. I can't hear it. Um, so, yeah, I think it's 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 kind of weird to imagine, like, how different this show would sound if I had continued to try and do the sound design myself versus, like, it is kind of funny. Like, it took a hearing person to create a deaf world. Which yeah, I think like, is so cool. <laughs> Almost <laughs> ironic in a way. Um, it is, yeah. But I think it's a good example of, like, I I and so many other disabled people, we can do so many things. And it is okay if there are things we can't necessarily do. And it, it like, for me, a thing that I have had to learn um, is sometimes there's like, I mean, you know this, sometimes my ears will just say, no more today, and that's when I will send something to you, or I'll send it to Evan, and I'll just be like, can I please get a levels check on this, because I actually can't do it anymore, and admitting that has been really hard, but the more I can admit it and reach out for help, the better I will meet my deadlines, <laughs> because I don't then have to wait eight hours for my ears to come back online and, like, find out, okay, these levels are fine, or, I don't know, bump tells dialogue up two decibels or something you know like um, yeah and like it's really easy for I mean I can't speak for Evan but it's really easy for me to just listen to a thing and be like yes it is good or bump like bump this thing up or this thing is off here like it's I don't know it takes the length of the audio and the time for me to send a message like and I just yeah. go back so yeah well, and, and the thing is, too, like, I have learned that I can be very useful there, too, because sometimes, like, I, Evan sent me something and was like, hey, can you tell me if the soundscape is going to drown out the dialogue for you? Or, 
you know, um, I've had people be like, hey, do these sound effects are, you know, can you hear them? And, it, like, I have become people's levels check, which yeah, is kind of cool. It's so helpful um, having you check for light hearts um, because we have a jukebox and we have music playing almost consistently basically every episode. And for whatever reason, it's hard for me to strike a good balance between the music and the dialogue volumes. So I'll just constantly second guess myself. I adjust it like 10 times every, every draft, but I can like upload. Okay. Here's the first pass. Like, tell me, tell me how the music yeah. sounds. Um, and it's, yeah, just be like, Oh, make it, make it more quiet. I'll be like, great. <laughs> it's so much faster than me messing with it for 20 minutes. <laughs> oh my God. Right. Like, I, I just think it's, it's, um, it kind of goes into, and this kind of, uh, loops into the uh, part of the theme of the show actually is like it's okay if you can't do everything or if life like limits you in some way it's okay to ask for help it's okay if you have to say like this is not a thing I can actually do I need assistance with this um because everybody needs it in some way or another and it doesn't make you less than and it doesn't make you you know it doesn't mean that you're bad at something it just means that every single person on this planet has a limitation in some area of their life and it's about working together to get past those in a way you know it's all about that harmonious work baby um yeah I, I think it's I think it's really important to know your how to balance things and I think that like you and I the way that we work together I think is a good balance because again like you have certain skills I definitely don't have and abilities to do things that I can't do but then like you said I can do the levels check for the music that would you know probably drive you bonkers trying to figure out it does every <laughs> time <laughs> same for oh, side God. questing I just I overthink <laughs> it so much it's so hard not to because like I the thing uh for those who don't work in this medium you might not realize how much we re-listen to the same thing over and over and oh, over. Oh, yeah. And it just turns into noise. Like, I, it turns into just, it, even for hearing people, I think it just turns into, like, Charlie Brown's teachers. <laughs> you know? Just wah, 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 wah. Like, oh Yeah, and, like, when you, when you focus on a sound, like, that sound is your focus, and, like, it's going to sound louder when you're focusing on it. So when you're yep. listening for levels, you've, like, defeated your own <laughs> purpose. <laughs> yes. This is why teamwork is good. I do some stuff solo, but, like, like I did an entire – my entire first show I did completely by myself, and I did not have, like, anybody listening to things to check. I just did it. <laughs> and as a result, some of that audio is bad. But it was my training wheels, and I was learning, and, like, I'm so proud of it. But – um, now I have learned, like, even the things that I am working on alone, like, for shifts or something, I will still send it, like, I'll send the audio to people and just be like, hey, how's this? Because I'm sound designing that thing by myself. <laughs> and I'll just, I will get a double check. I'll get a second opinion now because I have learned the value of collaboration. Yes. <laughs> and it is it's delightful. So good. It's so good. It's so good. And it's not something that I've ever had a lot of opportunity to do in theater. So it was a fairly new thing for me because um, collaborating in theater is more like, like in my experience has been more like, oh, we want to do this, but we still have very clearly defined roles and we're not really working together at each level. We're working together for the end product. 
Whereas with like Lighthearts, like we're all really kind of jumping in and and we're all playing in the same sandbox a lot. <laughs> yeah, like like I'm not one of the writers for Lighthearts, but I still read the like the first draft of the scripts and I'm like these like these are my favorite parts. Yeah, well, and you come up with a lot of like ideas and like sometimes it's for like an entire story or sometimes it's like even just one joke or or stuff like that so so you're definitely still contribute to story and like we sometimes contribute to sound and and you know it's 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 really useful oh and I think about that too with like like with ghost detectives I'm one of the writers and I'm the sound designer editor so like (laughs) but Soph's is Soph's my partner for that well like they'll come in and just be like um can't actually hear this. Can you fix that? <laughs> this would be me doing a very bad Irish accent. I love Sophie so much. It's my goal to do a bad Sophie voice um, at every opportunity. Um, but yeah, I think I think collaboration, especially if you are uh, if you are disabled in particular, or if you have any anything that kind of makes it a particular challenge to create if this makes sense like not just like oh I had a bad day so this is hard I mean like if you have something that is kind of a consistent challenge for you having those people who can be like if not shoulder the burden entirely can be like listen I can I can do a quality check on this I can like let me handle this sound effect or let me you know why don't you throw it to me and I'll I'll see if I can fix the levels for you or something like that like and and kind of bartering and trading those skills that we have I think is one thing that I love about this community so much is that it happens yeah. all the time. Like I said something on Twitter about needing a sound effect and like eight people sent me sound <laughs> effects. I <was> like, what? <laughs> I was just whining. <laughs> yeah, I love how like helpful people are, especially with the small the small things like that. Um, like I I had a I, I had a wheelchair in an in the last episode of side questing and I'm gonna, and I'm going to need more for another episode of redacted um and mm-hmm. so I was complaining about mm-hmm. it on Twitter and one of my friends was like hey my wife has a wheelchair you want me to just like record some fully I was like oh god yes please cuz there's nothing good on free sound and all of the like paying sites like I think I mix them all up because they all have sound in their name. I'm going to say sound snap, but that might be wrong. Like, had individual effects for, like, pay five bucks to use it. But they weren't good either. <laughs> so. Oh, God, that's infuriating. And, like, <laughs> God forbid you want to have a character who uses a cane um, and not record your own fully. Yeah, she's okay, not there. so I was just, the cane thing, I actually ended up not, I wanted to write a character who had one and I ended up not doing it because I could not find good sound effect and I don't really trust myself as a Foley artist entirely for certain things. Um, like there's some things that I, I know I can create or I can do like good enough, but when it comes to like representing someone who uses a cane, I didn't want to phone that in. And that was a case of like, I'd rather not do it than do it really poorly. And I'll just wait until I can do it right. <laughs> I feel like I, I record my own fully all the time, but the way I would use a cane and the way someone who like actually needs a cane would use a cane are going to be vastly different and they're going to sound vastly different. And like, 
I don't know, I said earlier that, like, especially when you're doing slice of life, it's important to have the right sounds. And people who use canes are going to be like, oh, this is just some Foley artist, like, slapping around a stick. Like, they would be oh right. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that was kind of like, um, I think, again, when we're talking about creating uh, the soundscape of a deaf person, like, you can't just go in and do that. You need references and you need someone who actually lives that to confirm that, yeah, you're on the right track or like, because there's been a few times. Um, oh, I'll use the auditorium scene in episode three, which is probably my favorite soundscape that you've done. Um, because as soon as that music came in, as soon as I heard them singing, I got chill bumps because that really is like with the, with the way the panning was going and the way that the, um, you were catching bits of the music but you couldn't understand the words like I feel like um it would be pretty easy to just make it kind of garbled but not in the correct way like in a way that's like oh it's just a weird echoey auditorium but then you'd still be able to understand the words and that would not be accurate or you could understand the words but the harmonies sound perfectly clear that's not accurate either so I don't know I because I, I do remember telling you like ooh, can you fiddle with this a little bit and do this this and this to it and so just having yeah having the ability first of all knowing that I can tell you that kind of thing and that you will know exactly what I mean is very helpful <laughs> um because I know I, I don't always phrase myself super well but if I t if I were to tell you like can you make those high rhythm or those high tones a little floopier and kind of more me <laughs> like you're gonna know what I mean by that <laughs> you know, like, oh yeah on it it's handled. <laughs> but, like, um, because it is sometimes really hard to, this is also why it's important to work with people who speak your language. I'm going to say that, too. Um, and by that, I mean, like, people who know you well enough to know that if you phrase something really weirdly, like, I just said, like, floopier and more he, <laughs> like, you know what I mean by that. And, like, if I were, if I said that to Evan, they would also know what I meant. And, you know, you two will say things to me where I'm like, oh, I know what you mean. Um, it's really important if you're choosing someone to collaborate with that you, if not speak the same language, you are close enough that you can figure out what the other means. Because sometimes, and I, I'll just say this uh, specifically as a deaf person, trying to describe my experience is hard. Like, I don't necessarily always have the words for certain situations. So knowing that I could give you these kind of vague terms and these sort of vague descriptions of what it's like and knowing that you would be able to translate that into the sound was such a comfort to me because this is a very personal project and it's such a vulnerable place to be in. It, it, it meant that I had to put a lot of trust in you, which of course I have, you know, endless amounts of trust in you, but it's still like, oh, this is a lot. <laughs> and uh, But I never once was like, afraid to hand something off to you I've never once been like oh I don't know if they're gonna be able to pull this off like <laughs> I hand it to you and I'm like this is gonna be great wow that's a really high compliment no thank you I mean it I <laughs> yeah just I just I just inherently trust whatever it is you're gonna do and I know that if adjustments need to be made you're gonna make them and they're gonna be great and that's all you can ever uh -huh. oh my god that's like the dream in somebody collaborating <laughs> with <laughs> and like from from my end like, you are an integral part of the sound design for this episode because you give me feedback. And, like, I'm never, 
Like, I can just send you something and you'll tell me the things and I do them and I know you'll tell me if I've gotten it wrong still. And that's super good. Like, oh, I can't, so I can't imagine. Say that. Oh, go ahead. There was lag and you started talking and I interrupted you. <laughs> oh, no, you're fine. I was just saying it's, it's really important to be able to tell people you're working with this is not working or this isn't quite right and not yes. have it turn into a thing or like... Or that they understand you're not insulting them. We're all trying to make this work. Um, but I'm sorry. Please can, please go on with your thought. Yeah, but, like, I – my thought was, like, I couldn't – okay, it's obvious to say it, but I'm going to say it. Like, I couldn't make this without you. Like, I couldn't on my own be like, I'm going to make a show about the deaf experience and do sound design to hear it from, like, a hard-of-hearing person's viewpoint <laughs> and just go off on my own and do that. Like, even with all of the experience of this show, I still couldn't go off and do that. Uh, like, it just, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't sound right. Because at every step of the way, you've been listening to the drafts and being like, like, here, here, and here, do this. And like, here, here, and here, do that. And this is good. And it's like <laughs> different stuff every time. Because that's just like yeah, how it works. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh my god like the um like in the hospital and stuff too with uh with the the way that the hallway sounds different than the school hallway or like it sounds different from the restaurant hallway and so my notes are going to be different every time mm -hmm. and yeah I I think that's the other thing too that I just want to like give massive amounts of respect to people who really dedicate themselves to sound design because I dabble like I do it when I need to and I enjoy it but I don't consider myself a sound designer exactly I consider myself someone who does sound design so the folks who really dedicate themselves to it and who work really hard to get that accuracy and like really create these comprehensive worlds that feel immersive and real it blows my fucking mind because you can't just like ev like I said every hallway is slightly different um room different rooms of the same house are not going to sound the same like the kitchen in the client house sounds different from the foyer in the client's house and sounds different from any other area in there and um you can tell just by the fact that it's echoing that they're in the kitchen like, we didn't have to say, we're in the kitchen now. <laughs> we did that by virtue of the echoing and the, you know, and, um, like, in the in the restaurant, the bathroom sounds completely different from the restaurant itself, because of course it does. But I think, I think sometimes we don't think how different and in what way different areas um, sound. Like an echoey room is not, like the bathroom in the in the restaurant echoes, but it echoes differently than the kitchen in the Klein house. I I have um different reverb presets for different rooms <laughs> now. <laughs> There's one just called kitchen. Like yep, that's that's kitchen. <laughs> reverb is so fun to play with, by the way. Like reverb can be very funny at times. <laughs> I put the I put a very, very incorrect amount of reverb on uh, Fauna's dialogue for the first episode of Crossing Stars the first time around, and it just fully sounded like, it just sounded so weird. It sounded like she was in a vortex, and I was like, I think I went too far. I think I did a bit too much. So I had to go back and fix that. Um, 
But yeah, I think that the, the incredible amount of detail that a sound designer has to put into even the tiniest things, like the hugs. Oh, you know what? I want to ask you how you sound design hugs, because they sound oh. like hugs, and how the fuck did you do that? <laughs> like, how? Um, <laughs> so, a couple of months ago, my youngest sibling was over, and I went, hey, hey, um, will you come into my closet with me, and can we hug? <laughs> and I got my Zoom, <laughs> and we hugged a couple times at, at various velocities, because, you know, there's that, like, soft hug, and then there's just the, like, full hug, um, and out of all the times we did it, there was only two that I liked, so I have one softer and one harder. Um, and I use those as a baseline for every hug I do. Um, and I, I modify them. Like, I'll add footsteps if people are standing or cloth noises based on what they're wearing or, like, if they're if they're sitting on a couch, there'll be, like, some couch noises. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Because we had that in the third episode. We had, like, the, the couch hug in the third mm-hmm. episode when Bet's talking to David. Um and it sounds different from the hug that she gets in the kitchen from her dad. And, um, yeah, that was just one of those ones where I was like, oh, that's what a hug sounds like. Interesting. Because <laughs> it's, like, not really something. It's like footsteps. I don't really think about them that much. <laughs> um, but you need, like, a sound. So, oh, and you did a, you did a, you did hug Foley for Redacted as well for that first episode. Um, I've forgotten what redacted is. There's too many redacted. The re- this redacted is surreal love, and I will redact that with a very funny bleep. When oh, I, uh, okay, great. Yes, I've been, I've been filled in now. <laughs> yeah, there were hugs in there. Um, yeah, I think if you listen closely to the different things I work on that involve hugs, you will find the same one of two <laughs> bass sounds. But they're always like they're always modified, so they're not going to sound exactly the same. But if you listen really closely, I think you might you might be able to tell. Yeah, the layering of sound effects too, and the like, using the same sound effect and adding little things to it to make it different are it, that's something I find fascinating. That's something I do a lot because I use uh, I tend to use because we do it for gaggy kind of reasons because we think we're very funny on um, <laughs> Ghost Detectives. I tend to recycle sound effects a lot because. I don't know. I just think it's really funny to use the same sound, like <laughs> with the exact same pacing for certain things. Like, like the phone is always exactly that door will never change. The <laughs> certain certain sounds are if you listen, it, it's it's I don't know. I just I think I'm hilarious. Um, but we and I did this for though for shifts, where um, for those who don't know, shifts is my microfiction. Um, series that I'm doing, which is, by the way, going to cross over with Redacted, um, but we're not there yet. Ooh. Um, yeah, stuff got weird in the planning stage, and we were just like, let's make a universe. <laughs> um, but for shifts, like, one thing that I did was I use, for the first, I want to say eight episodes, I think that's right, I used the exact same sound effect of birds. But because the nature of the story is that the environment keeps changing in weird, subtle ways, every single episode, the bird sound, I would adjust a tiny bit, but I would use the same clip. So you mm. always hear the same bird first, that air, air, air. It's like the exact same sound. 
but I would change the pitch and I would change the tempo and I would change certain things about it so it slows down and distorts a little bit each episode, which you might not notice if, if you were listening on a weekly basis, but if you were to sit down and just listen to it all in a row... You hear it, and it's like it did get that unsettling kind of oh. effect that I was Oh, that's so for. cool. I love yeah. stuff like that. I love stuff like that. And, and like, learning that I could do that, because that was something that just occurred to me in the moment. And I was like, oh, that this is cool. And that's why I think like, I think that's why I like sound design, and I want to get better at it and do more of it. Because it's so – it is the most satisfying thing in the world when you're like, oh, I could do something really fucking cool here. Oh, and then really, you do it, and it works. It really is. Especially when it works. That's the coolest. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because, like, when it doesn't, you're like, well, I tried it. I had fun. <laughs> but when mm-hmm. it does work, it just, oh, my God, that moment where it just clicks into place feels so good. <laughs> it does. Do you have – I have a sound designing question for you. Is there a particular moment in your time as a sound designer where you've been, like, you had that eureka moment? And, like, was there ever a one particularly exciting kind of eureka moment for you Ooh, okay i i have this at the top of my head because i was going back and looking at this episode recently um but the fifth episode of side questing has someone impersonating a dragon so i i had yes. a a flamethrower and then like the dragon <laughs> noise that could presumably like be made by a person with a horn um and <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just imagine all the free sound sound effects where they're just like, this is a duck. You know, like presumably made by a human always just makes me giggle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, so there's kind of two aspects to this. The first of which was this flamethrower. Um, there wasn't anything good on free sound. Um, so I pulled like a bunch of things that were like kind of close. For, like, the gas noise, the lighting noise, the fire going out, the fire, like, spreading, and then the fire kind of on the ground. So I, I ended up with, like, seven different tracks. And I'd, like, been pulling different different fiery sounds for, uh, it'd been it had been a while, but, like, getting them all into place where I could, like, hear the gas for the flamethrower start and then, like, it turn on and then it go and then it, like, burn stuff on the ground, like... Building that from the ground up and, like, finally hitting all the beats I had in my head. Oh, it was so satisfying. That's so cool. Oh, that's so cool. That, the I dragon, love when that happens. Like, oh. We, we, it sounds we, awesome, too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> anyone who has not listened to side questing, first of all, what are you even doing? But second of all, if you have not listened to that particular episode, like, do yourself a favor because it is so good. And that part was so cool. It's so good. I love side questing so much. Um, also, can can we talk? I would love to talk for a moment about because I was on an episode of side questing, and we had sign language fully, and I think that was so cool. Just the fact that you you made it sound like people were doing sign language because it's not silent. Yeah, that was. Um... Um, I had a friend just straight up record Foley for me for each line, um, and they ended up doing it really close to their mic with the gain turned all the way up, holding their breath as they signed so that you would not have breathing interfering. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my Um, God. And 
so then then I took that and I put it in and we had primarily one character doing the signing um so it was like pretty easy to just have a have a track under their dialogue with the signing um offset but then when other people did I would have it um it's not gonna make sense when I say oh, I had it under their dialogue but I panned the dialogue so I panned the signing so they'd be coming from the same direction um and I just um I think the hardest part was just the pacing with the dialogue um because the signing would trail because that's just like how how it works a lot of the time and I would just have to adjust it so that you know someone's not like talking over it so it's a different pacing and I think initially when people listened they were like wow is someone like bumping their mic like what's going on but then they figured it out when when it's explained to the main character who uh just like walks into the situation and then it's like I don't know I think it's really cool I'm really proud of that one um it's really cool it, it was um because I remember when you said oh we're gonna do sign language fully I was like uh all right if you say so because I was just not sure how that was gonna work because like with now I do want to make a cultural note here um seen and not heard one thing that we do have a bit of is simcom is what it's called which is simultaneous communication um which is to say that it's you're signing and speaking at the same time culturally speaking that's kind of a no-no like in the in deaf culture it's not really something like capital d deaf it's not really something that's done or encouraged but in the real world it does happen um like simcom is a thing that occurs and i i felt a little like not including it would kind of be less realistic <laughs> um and so one thing that we did in the um the first prologue in particular was the pacing of the dialogue to be slightly more stilted not stilted exactly but just a slightly different pace than you would have if you're just talking or just signing and i, I was really not sure if it was going to land <laughs> I was like I it's either going to sound like either people are not going to notice or they're just going to think like oh these actors have a weird cadence to their speech but then I actually had people go wait they're signing and talking at the same time oh my god it sounds like simcom and it was one of those moments where you're just like holy shit it worked <laughs> <laughs> you were really happy I remember that <gasps> Oh, I was so excited because I really did not know if anyone but me was going to pick up on it. And the fact it's just it, I was so validated. It felt so good. Um, I love those little victory moments because I think that I feel like when we talk about sound design, a lot of the time when we're praising it, the habit and this is maybe especially for people who don't do sound design, which, you know, fair enough, because you don't necessarily know all that goes into it. Um but I think a thing that we tend to praise a lot is, like, the soundscape and the ambiance and the environment. And not necessarily because I feel like we sometimes we think that those, all those little tiny details and sounds are absorbed into it and are all part of the same thing. It's like, no, 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 no. They are all different parts. There are so many layers to it. Yeah, I feel like every every sound you hear in audio drama has probably been intentionally put there with like a non-minimal amount of effort every footstep is suffering oh god and there and it's it's not only like placed in deliberately but then it's adjusted and adjusted again and the timing is changed and the pitch is changed and the you know um the the 
amplification has changed. There's so many things that go into it. And, uh, like, I just did a, an episode of, for Ghost Tech. We were doing a Hanukkah special, um, which I think by the time I've put this out will have been out, so I can just talk about it. Um, but we did a Hanukkah special that had ten actors, which, why did I do that? Um, but then they... Oh my god, they all had to be talking over each other, and then one of the actors um, had a lot of reverb in her audio, and nobody else did. So then I had to like go and try to match everyone's reverb to hers because I can't. You can't really take reverb out, and I was just like, ah. <laughs> so, so Carol, you know how earlier you were saying you don't consider yourself a sound designer? You're talking like one right now. <laughs> You are a sound designer. I've told you this before. I'm calling you out live on air. God. Okay. Maybe I'm a sound designer. Okay. I will. I yes. will. Um. I will consider. I will consider the title. I will consider it. Okay. I'll. I'll take it. Okay. Um. <laughs> so I want to. Oh my gosh, we've been going for over an hour. So I want to wrap up a little bit, but I want to ask. I have been doing when I do these conversations with the uh, cast members um, because we're all deaf. I've been asking questions about the deaf experience and that kind of thing. That is a different situation here because you are not deaf. But I have, I do have three questions that I want to ask you. Um, so what is something that you have since working on scene and not heard that you have learned about deafness? Ooh, I think how it works from a technical standpoint, like, like I, I don't know, it's kind of going back to what I said earlier about not really um, talking to a lot of deaf people. I say growing up as if, you know, uh, back when I was a youngin, as if, you know, three years ago that wasn't the case. Um, but just like, just like technically how, how, um, like how y'all hear and like how it varies and like how it works, which again, super duper broad. I know, I know. Um. <laughs> no, but I think actually, because I think, I think a lot of hearing people think that deafness is like a volume thing and it's like you either can hear or you can't. So I think learning not only that there is nuance to the volume part of it, but there's nuance that like some people can hear higher tones and some can't. Some can hear lower tones and some can't. Some people do fine with speech. Some people don't. Um, yeah, I think I think learning all that, all those variants, and that there, I mean, there are <laughs> there are spectrums upon spectrums within it, just like any mm -hmm. any other part of life, really. But um, probably in ways that people maybe don't consider on a normal yeah, basis. Yeah, like it's definitely something I had never considered before. Like. You, you know there are spectrums from a general sense, but you don't know much about those spectrums or, like, mm -hmm. how they work. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's that's kind of what I've learned a lot working on this project, and it's been really great. <gasps> that's a really – that's such a good answer. Um, so then my second question is, uh, what is something that you've learned about sound design working on this? Ooh, oh, so much. Mm -hmm. I, st I started mm – -hmm. um, I started um, the first episode in Audacity, and now I'm using Audition. Um, oh. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> oh, so think... for those who don't, for those who don't know, that's a shift. 
<laughs> and like, it's not like this is the only show I'm working on. Um, yeah. Like, there's two other shows I've worked on in audition at this point. Um, but I've sure I've sure learned a lot about uh, how audition works <laughs> and how how to use it for the sound for the specific sound design I needed to do in this show. Yeah. Um, yeah, I almost feel like it might be easier to, like, start from scratch on a show on a new, um, uh, uh, oh, my God, what is the word I'm looking for? A new program. Dog? Um, thank you. Oh, my God, that word just left my brain entirely. But, yeah, to, to use a completely new one um, in the middle of a show. <laughs> I was it's really like, worried it would sound oh different. Because <laughs> I did this for side questing, yeah. too. There's an episode where I just switched <laughs> to audition. I'm like, I hope this doesn't sound too different. Um, oh, it's like when I when I changed my uh, recording setup to be, I used to record in my living room without a blanket fort, and I would just do my best. Uh, and now I do record in a blanket fort on the floor of my son's bedroom, <laughs> and the audio is completely different. It's so different. And like halfway through Seen and Not Heard was when I pretty much switched to that. Uh, to be a full-time thing. I love that we both both made dramatic changes in the middle of the season. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to independent audio drama, everybody. This is just what we do. There, it's just chaos here. <laughs> Welcome to indie audio drama, where we figure everything out, sometimes on the fly, <laughs> and sometimes... A long time afterwards. <laughs> Everything's made up, and best practices matter, but sometimes we forget them. Um, yes. So, and then, so my last question for you is, uh, what has been your favorite part of working on Seen and Not Heard? Ooh, I mean, the answer is working with you. It has been lovely. <laughs> I am so red right now. <laughs> I mean... Turns out, like, maybe it's a surprise, uh, <laughs> but I do enjoy working with you. Um, and Shocking. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, that, that has been really fun. Um, being able to play with sound in new ways has also been really fun. Oh, yeah, because, I, I mean, I, of course, again, uh, it's a big secret, I know, but I, I love working with you, and we work really well together, and I think that it's it's that thing where, um, like I said, we kind of speak each other's language, and we know how the other person works. And this is also true of, like, kind of everyone I collaborate with a little bit in different ways. Like, I, we kind of understand, like, this is how you need to be communicated with, this is what you need in order to get this done, and... Um, I think that's so valuable. And I think I th for me, I can say like, because this is such a personal project and because I was so nervous to do this show for a lot of reasons, like I was, I was still very new to audio drama when I launched the casting call. I really just said, fuck it. I'm going to do it. Uh, I didn't really like think it through, frankly, I just kind of said, you know what? Uh, I'm going to do it, and we're just going to see what happens. And then as it got more and more real, I, you know, that fear of, like, oh, this is actually going to be put into the world, and hopefully people will be listening to it. That's really big. And sound design is such a huge part of not just any show, 
But this one in particular, that sound design had to be, it, it's such a specific thing that I was looking for. And it had to be right because there's a lot of, there's a lot at stake, frankly. And so the fact that I'm able to just hand it to you and say, go, and you, and, and you know what I'm looking for and you know exactly how to make that happen. It just, uh, I cannot tell you what the, the boulder that was lifted off my shoulders the day that you came on board. I, oh my God, I am going to be grateful to you forever for that. See, now it's my turn to blush and be super mad. <laughs> Again, this is just how we are. For anyone who thinks like, oh, Lighthearts is really playing up how nice these people are to each other. No, we're actually nicer. <laughs> like if anything the light hearts in light hearts we tease each other more in this in real life we're just nice to each other <laughs> yep yep sounds about right <laughs> actually this wholesome yeah um <laughs> what the people who make a wholesome show are wholesome never would have what it. can you imagine if we were all just like really mean in real life <laughs> just <hate laughs> each other Oh, that would suck. Uh, um, do you want to, is there anything you'd like to like plug or mention or shout out or any other like last thoughts you want to give? My, my mind has gone blank. Um, I feel like I did already kind of talk a lot about the shows I work on and it would be rad if you also want to check those shows out. I guess I'll say them again. That's probably the like proper marketing thing to do. Um, Sidequesting and Lighthearts, which are out now, and Someone Dies in This Elevator, and What Will Be Here, which are coming hopefully next year. Uh, they'll be coming next year. I don't know why I said hopefully. Uh, Ooh, I'm going to I'm going to give one extra plug that you didn't give, which is uh, Surreal Love, which is coming sooner than you might think. Way sooner than you might think. We sprung 12 extra episodes on Tal and didn't tell them we were gonna. Um, <laughs> you're a very good sport. That Literally, I actually assumed, I assumed, I thought Annie had talked to you. I just sort of made that assumption. And then they were like, let's write 12 more. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then they were like, and I'm going to go talk to Tal. I was like, you didn't already. <laughs> well, that's so funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, you didn't see me re rearranging my Trello. For, like, the next oh, couple God. of months, like, okay, I can do this one, this one, this one. All right, we're good. <laughs> Let's just be clear. That is not the best practice for... <laughs> the two of them can get away with it um, <laughs> because I love them both. Uh, but <laughs> it was very funny, that moment when I was like, Oh, this wasn't actually cleared with Tal first. Okay, I will volunteer to do some of the sound design. So if there if there's a sudden quality change in the second half, it's all me, I promise. You're you're one of the people that kind of has a constant like yes from me to work with you on anything. So like <laughs> same for you. Like if you could I mean, you know this. You've come to me like, "Hey, do you want to play this?" and I'm like, "Yeah, 100%." Like, I'm not, you can, you can literally go, do you want to, yes. You don't even have to pitch me. If you're like, I have a thing for you, I'll just say, cool, yes, send it my way when it's ready. I'm down, <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> there are, there are a few people in this community who get a hard yes from me, and you are definitely one of them. <laughs> oh, you are, you are one of them for me, for sure. Um, and that, that includes surprise 12 episodes. 
there, there's not there's not conditions <laughs> on this hard yes. For, the, for just for the record, these are microfiction episodes. We didn't just like spring oh. 12, 20 minute like <laughs> that. I just don't think They're I could like physically do. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone could. Not not in the time frame that we no. have. Yeah, the t- the time frame which we're not revealing yet, but it's sooner than you think. Um, <laughs> I need to clear it with Anthony if I'm allowed to uh, tease this much. Actually, I should probably have checked. That. <laughs> uh, I might have to edit a lot of this out. <laughs> so what we should say is, is if you just heard a bunch of just really weird bleeps on certain things. <laughs> Or, like, if we suddenly leapt from, like, a one conversation to all of a sudden it sounds like we're having a different one. We are. That's why. It got um, redacted. <laughs> redacted. My favorite, my very favorite joke. Redacting the redaction. Okay. We, I think we are, we've officially lost the plot. Uh, we have, we have lost the plot. Thank you for joining us. Another one of these conversations will be released before too long, so keep your eyes out for that. As always, thank you so much for supporting Seen and Not Heard. You can find us on Twitter at SeenNotHeardPod or email us at SeenAndNotHeardPod at gmail.com.